Welcome back to another episode of Fight in Progress, a podcast conversation about our men and women in law enforcement and the challenges they face. With lead stress coach and founder of Under the Shield Foundation, Susan Simmons, and Arizona police officer, Ace Walker. Thank you to UFIT MMA and Jiu-Jitsu for supporting this episode. Their info is in the description below. And now a message from our new sponsor, FHE Health. This is Dr. Bo Nelson. I'm the Director of Clinical Services at FHE Health in Deerfield Beach, Florida. For over 20 years, FHE Health has been providing quality substance abuse and mental health services. An important part of our work is our Shatterproof program that works with first responders. We treat police, fire, EMS, military, and corrections officers in an environment that is supportive of them. We have a staff of trained professionals who understand the issues that first responders go through. Some of our staff are former first responders. We also have an innovative neurotherapy program that actually gets to the root of the problems that are faced by our first responders. This can include PTSD, depression, anxiety, and substance abuse disorders. At FHE Health, our Shatterproof program is designed to help the people who help others. We are committed to the first responder population, and we offer hope and healing. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 23 of Fight in Progress podcast. This is going to be a two-part episode. We're going to have episode 23 and 24, if you guys couldn't put that together. For the first part, we're just going to go over the first hour of our conversation here with this sergeant from uh, one of the big departments here in the Valley. Um, really good conversation. Ended up going two hours, so we split it into two parts. We'll just be ahead one episode. We'll release the next one next week, like normal, as scheduled. And for those of you who pay enough attention to the last episode, we had some technical issues there with some of the recording equipment. I just got all new equipment. I'm learning on the go. So bear with me. On this one, we got it all going well. No more static, no issues, no background noise. So thanks for hanging in there, guys. We appreciate your support and help always. And uh, be safe out there. We'll see you next time. Welcome to episode 23 of podcast Fight and Progress. We're here with supervisor bird <laughs> no we can go with okay james bird supervisor with a big department here in the valley he's a sergeant come on give him credit he just earned his stripes hey i'm just trying to be polite no 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 but we don't we don't have to be polite with bird that's Bird's right we, bird. that's right we like sergeants yes okay. well some <laughs> so sergeants we'll all right yeah there there's still a few that i have my they just need help in my crosshairs but they just need help well but he's a new one, so we have to, you know, this is new and shiny. It's the shiny toy. You're a new one? I thought you said you've been on for like a million years. Uh, I Wait. have been on for a long time. I'm a slow learner, right? So it just took me a while to, uh, to figure out actually wanted to do the supervisor. I, I think yep. it's because he kept getting disciplined. He couldn't, <laughs> oh. he couldn't stand in trouble long enough. Birds of a feather. All right. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just speculating here, but <laughs> having known Bird as long as I have known him, as I really shouldn't say as long. It, it's as well as I know him because I feel like I've known him my whole life or his whole life. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I know I, I got all the secrets on Bird. Uh, well, I know what the podcast is about today. <laughs> all right. Yes. He's going to be in the hot seat today. Oh, I like man. it. Better him than me. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's good to be here. Have you done one before? I have never done one before. Oh, he's a newbie, too. We got oh, lots of newbies. Yeah. <laughs> It's fun. We, we basically just sit here and say a bunch Harass of things that you. make you uncomfortable. Yes. Well, you're going to have to go pretty we, far above and beyond we then. Because... We're, we're well practiced. Okay. Good and luck. Then, uh, and then we record it for posterity. <laughs> and then uh, put yeah. it on the internet for everyone to listen to. Yeah. Forever. Forever. Yeah. Chris, we have Sandlot. him singing. 
Um, yeah, yeah, that's pre-podcast. true. Pre-podcast. Okay, well, I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, today. that was a that was a. We still have that though. We will get. We we'll have to blast that out. Oh, that was a bad one too. It was. Oh, that's awful. We'll I'm so to, I'm so glad I got that. We'll have to blast that out later on. We'll do yeah. that when he's back on the podcast. He's His... actually out of town. He's out of state, doing a little family stuff right now. Gotcha. So, um, but anyway. Tell us about your law enforcement career. I know you started in the military. I did. Um, I joined the Army in 19... Well, in active duty in 1997. He's a baby. Went to basic training in 1994 for the Guard. and then Active duty 97 to 2001 uh, with the 101st Airborne. Um, Got out in 2001, and that's when I was hired by my agency. Pre-9-11, post-9-11? I was in the academy and almost graduated. We were two weeks from graduation when 9-11 happened. Damn. <laughs> and did it cross your mind to go back to, to active duty and leave the police department? <laughs> 100%. I, and that's that's the reason that, you know, eventually I did go back. I went back in the National Guard and deployed. But, um, yeah, I did. So 9-11 happened, and I'm watching these people get off the airplane, and I know, I know them, right? So I know these people were – I just left the Army less than a year before that. So – and then uh, – couple of huge factors involved with that was, um, I, don't know if, I don't know if you guys remember, but during the initial invasion in Iraq, mm-hmm. there was a um, soldier who was a Muslim who rolled a grenade into one of the headquarters tents. Um, that was 3rd Brigade, 101st Airborne, which which is where I would have been. Wow. In. So um, that was a factor, and I kept pushing it back. I'm like, I'm going to go through the academy, okay. I'm not going to go back in now. Okay, I'm going to go through the FTO process, Okay. <laughs> I'm going to get off probation and then I'm going to go back in and, it, you know, it just, just kept pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. And then, uh, Pat Tillman actually was a huge factor. Um, uh, he was killed and despite the circumstances surrounding all of that, it, you know, that doesn't really uh, negate the fact that he did what he did for, for, yeah, you got to, you, you got to admire that guy, you yeah. know, leaving yeah. an NFL career paying, Correct. Who knows what? Right. So I felt about this big, thinking, how dare I <laughs> give up my? I think I was making seventeen dollars an hour at the time, eighteen dollars an hour as a, as a police officer. Now keep in mind, there are a lot of cops in the country who are hearing that, going, "God, he was making that much back then." <laughs> oh my gosh! Jeez. Well, that's true. And 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 even even then, I thought I was, I thought that was great money. Cost of living is a little higher in this area, so that does help. Not compared to everywhere, because actually it was. I have found it to be cheaper than it was for me in the Birmingham area, which is crazy to me. That's that's crazy. Oh yeah, and me. I mean, California. Oh yeah, true. ridiculous. <laughs> that's where I'm true. Yeah, then yeah. yeah. that's not. That's even why I'm not there anymore. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, so. um, and if you hear strange noises periodically during this podcast, it's because we have this foreign substance <laughs> falling from our sky. It's wet. Some kind of liquid. I don't know. It's something we certainly are not used to, and and people do not have a clue how to drive in it. They don't know how to turn their windshield wipers on. It's true. Mine usually rot every year. I probably got to go get mine checked because yeah. they you know usually the go bad before you. Is you take your windshield wipers off and you keep them in your trunk? All sure. Year. Yeah, I, I'm going to do that. And then so hit that, that button accidentally one time. <laughs> and then when the down the downpour happens and I'm in downtown Phoenix, I got to get out yeah. in the rain. And yeah, yeah, that's a good plan. That's going to happen. I'll just replace it every year. <laughs> but 
anyway, so you may hear rain periodically and a little thunder, maybe. These guys are probably likely to have a hyper-startle response to thunder because it's such a rare thing around here. It does excite me. We actually had hail here yesterday. Did you really? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Little pieces, but there was a lot of it. Yeah. yeah it was pretty cool, actually. Yeah. Were you, were you, you here back in, what was it, 2012 when we had that nasty hailstorm? I had just gotten here. That was that was so terrifying. I'd never been in anything like that before. I thought I thought I was gonna die. That's okay. My, the day I landed here, we had the first dust storm of the season. Oh jeez! And I was stuck in a work truck, uh, like an old F three fifty, and the I was in Phoenix, like Central Phoenix, by the seventeen, and the hail and the tree trees were falling over in the street. It was blowing my truck so hard that I was hiding behind my clipboard in the front seat. And I was like, please, God, don't kill me. Like, <laughs> I'd never been in anything. I thought it was like a tornado or something. I'd never experienced anything like that. Well, it was funny. My son, the Marine, that Bird knows very well, uh, came out with me when I moved here. And he went on a ride along that first night in Glendale with one of the canines. And I picked him up and I was like, well, how'd you like that haboob? And he's like, Mom... Y'all can call it whatever you damn well want to call it out here. He said, that's nothing but a fancy name for a dust storm. He said, we had them in the desert when oh, yeah. I was out there. He goes, I don't know why y'all want to put a fancy name to it. But they fascinate me. They really do. But anyway, we may have to do a whole show on Haboobs and Phoenix. I think I'm going to be sick that week. Yeah. But the hard part's not having video. We need video. you got to have video for people really to appreciate it. it. Yeah. You really can't. It's no. just a tidal wave of dust. People think it's sand. They're like, oh, it ruins your... It's going to ruin the finish on your car. No, it's dust. It's just gross, and it's yeah, just dust. Yeah, this isn't the Arabian and... Desert. Right? Yeah, right. exactly. Right. But dirt. anyway, getting back to our story. Right. right. So you went back in the Army when? Or in the National Guard when? So, yeah, 2004, 2005, um, I joined the National Guard again um, pretty much for the purpose. I knew that we were going to deploy um, as a volunteer kind of thing, and we deployed as a um, Security forces, convoy escort, personal security detachment kind of kind of deal with the National Guard here in 2005, 2006. Got to see the first Iraqi elections, which was pretty interesting. Interesting. Um, yeah, came back and kept on trucking with, with the department. And 19 years, almost 20 years later. Jeez. Gosh, he's going to make it. I can't even imagine. He's, and uh, another little tidbit here about Bird. He's actually one of our stress coaches. Really? Yes. Scary right thought. I know. We'll let anybody in. <laughs> well, isn't that true? You. <laughs> How long have you been doing that for? Um. Gosh, when we we did this certification, it's been three years. It's been three years. I know. I got a. I got a little memory notification on the old social medias that uh, was actually referenced our very first meeting at the training in Prescott. Oh, really? Yeah. So that it, I don't know. This is pretty close to our to yours and. And, and my anniversary. Anniversary. We yeah. have an anniversary. Oh, we so do. Sweet. I have to look at it thing. in more detail, but I'm pretty sure it was, I know it was uh, colder weather, I think. So. I wanted to say it was in March. Was it March? For some reason, and I could, that could be wrong. Maybe. But I don't remember. I know, well, it's Prescott, so it was colder than here. Yeah. Anyways, but yeah. Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman and I did a training in Prescott. Mm. And um, we had multi-agencies <laughs> in this training, and I just had, didn't realize who all I had in that class. And they... Came up and spoke, you know, on the break. But I don't pay any attention to who's in my classes. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, it's just another cop in here. Because you know? <laughs> they're the all same. alike. Yeah, we all look the same. <laughs> and uh, then, gosh, it was what a year later. Yeah, actually, I think that it your was, world turned upside down. I think it was 
Was that in 15 that we that had to have been we in 15? Yeah, 16 is is when that happened. So I don't. Was it a whole year before? It, it had to have been because we did the cruise February. So yeah, it was probably March of 2015. And then your world came crashing down around your ears. Yeah. So in um, 2016, um, squad mate, um, best friend on the squad was killed in the line of duty, um, and you know I'd been around been around police work at that point for 15 years so um it's not like that that concept was foreign to me it was it was definitely something that is still occurring and has occurred since the beginning of time but um it's the closest it's ever been to me personally um and yeah created some some definite strife and uh yeah well it's eye-opening and for sure Just the circumstances, I think, even all around it, that ultimately led to my working with your squad. Again, I don't believe in coincidences <laughs> like some people do. But anyway, um, <laughs> I got a call within probably two months of the officer's funeral, I'm guessing. Yeah, it was, no, it was, it was, was it pretty early. It was, it was pretty early. soon. Because a lot of us had been to Susan's training, um, and my supervisor at the time um, thought it'd be beneficial to get us all that that hadn't attended mm-hmm. um, to to sit through it again. So, like she <laughs> continues to do, despite <laughs> many many people telling her to knock it off, um, she makes me more determined. Of course, volunteered her time, and um, came well, it was funny because when the sergeant called me. I thought it was he wanted Grossman because that's just what I always assume. Right. <laughs> you know, I'm just the tag along with Grossman. <laughs> I keep telling him, "You make me look good, buddy. Keep it up." And when I said that, I said, "Well, I can't commit anything about Grossman." He's like, "No, no, no. You know, we want to bring our spouses um, in and have yours." And I think there was probably a long pause because I think I probably swallowed my tongue like, "What? They want me?" <laughs> <laughs> and, and so I, I was like, I don't have anything scheduled, but you tell me what day and I'll be there. I know it was a Sunday. It was a weekend, right? And then we uh, we actually met at the precinct. And I think you were still living on the west side out there at the time. So I don't know if it was too big of a drive or not. I can't remember, to be honest with you. You know, when you get to be my age, everything runs together. <laughs> um, and if it's more than 24 hours old, I don't remember it. So that's why everybody's safe that comes in here because I got no idea who you are half the time. That's why I tell her all the deep, dark secrets. Right, you yeah. can't because you don't remember. I will not remember. I was literally sitting on this couch with another, we were chatting, maybe it was Chris, and we're sitting here and you're telling Chris a story about this couple that had come in earlier in the week. A week? And I'm sitting there yeah. thinking, that was us yesterday. Yes, <laughs> it was. It, that's the truth. And I went, right. oh, that was you. Yep. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, the rest of the story is... As, as safe as can be. Yeah. yeah. And so, I promise you. She it, couldn't it, tell your story if she wanted to. Exactly. No. Well, she can't. She just don't remember who it is. Yeah, she can't put a name to it. Well, and that's what's funny. I was telling y'all, I was going through my garage and all my old files and stuff, and I'm literally looking at stuff that it says I did, and even reading it, I got no idea what it's talking about. Yeah. I couldn't swear to this in open court if I had to, even though it's all on paper, and I'm going, Thank God. Oh, Wow, how about that? Thank Dang, God. I did something really cool back then. The things I've said. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah, they're things, all safe. Things many of us have. 
It's said. it's just the recordings y'all don't know about, and I only record certain <laughs> certain special people. Oh goodness! <laughs> yeah, don't worry, Bert. I got you. <laughs> I got you covered on a lot of things. But anyway, so it was a and, and it was a it was really a it, it was a mixed day because it was still things were really raw mm-hmm. with this group, but I just kind of felt like I was I just adopted them, right. and. So we actually have several. Um, we have three stress coaches from that squad, including you. There's at least three? three of us. Yeah. There's three of us for sure. And oh, then dang, uh, nice. several that have been on the board at, under the shield. And Bird doesn't know it, but he's probably going to wind up on the board before it's all said and done. Um, and it's, it's never a um, will you. It's just you're volunt- to hold. You've you're been going assigned. To. Yeah. Yeah. Well, nobody really tells Susan no. Right? Have you ever right. told Susan no? I tried once. How'd that work out for It you? didn't. Yeah. <laughs> He found out I can yell louder than he does. That has been my It uh, is. I was surprised. And again, this is the purpose of the red man. That's like just for me. (laughs) She she shows it off whenever I'm in the room. The red man stick. And she tells the other person, but we both know that (laughs) she's threatening me. Well, who's within reach? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's funny because my crew in Alabama has always referred to me as Mother Goose. And they're all like my little gooselings. And I said, now I have Mother Goose out here in the desert. Yeah. <laughs> and I've got all these little gooselings. And I just felt like they fit right in line with it. So like it or not, mm-hmm. they got swept up into all of that. And I don't turn loose. So and we, we wouldn't have it any other way. We actually, when we went to D.C. Um, that was... to put them on the wall, we made sure. Susan was part of that. She was going anyways, but we, we definitely made sure that we were including her with, with right. us. Because, you know, she's been... She's been pretty instrumental, at least personally. I mean, I'm, I'm speaking for everybody, but yep, definitely too. personally, I can I can vouch for the fact that she's tightened a few of these screws that were. Yeah. We have a few to go. <laughs> oh, they 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 pop loose all the time. They never run out. But no. it's an, it's it it that's you know those are the things that when people go, Susan, you work for practically nothing. At my age, I'm not worried about the money. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, I got to pay the bills, that kind of stuff, but. I've lived in the big house with the pool, driven the Mercedes, all those things, had the kids in private school. But, you know, it's just me now. It's really not about that. Mm-hmm. It's his words. If I could pay my mortgage with it, um, I'd be perfectly content with just that. Yep. Because I know y'all are a population that don't throw things like that out there very often. You're a cynical bunch of people. And I, don't know I what have she's to. talking about. I. <laughs> I have to beat my way in. I'm trusting of everybody. Yeah, right. and trusting and open. I believe, right. I believe the power of, of, of counseling, of counseling and, therapy and, and, yeah. and therapy. We're going to get you on that prayer part before it's all said and done. I'm just telling you now. Oh, man. It's coming, Bird. If you read that book, I got a book for him. And he won't read. He'll read everything else. The man will read everything else. If nothing else, the book is pretty. Yeah. Got like golden leaf pages and all. No, not that book. Not that one. Oh, oh I different have that book. One too. Oh, yeah, not that book. <laughs> oh, not that no, book. No, oh no, 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 no. This is another book that the, the, he's going to have a hard time arguing with because the person that wrote it was a non-believer setting out to prove. Oh yeah, I know this book. And suddenly became a huge believer. That, yeah, he's it's a afraid. It's a fascinating story. Afraid. He's afraid. It's a fascinating story. <laughs> yeah. We should have a whole podcast on theology. I think that'd be interesting. I agree. We'll have Bird arguing his religion oh, stuff that he wants to argue with me all the time. Oh, but, goodness gracious. Uh-huh. That would, that would yeah. not be good. I love theology and I love debate. 
So we that would be at least fun. It would be interesting. It would be fun. Like I told you, I don't want to argue religion. Religion's man-made. Correct. And that's where you do tend to sway me because I do Ooh, I did do you not that? Yeah, religion is the the biggest. Didn't you actually maybe even put in writing on a post a, something about a god thing? I don't I don't remember. I think you did. No, I don't I don't. I think she I, might have been, I, I been think, drinking. She loves pinning you to <laughs> it, man. Yeah. <laughs> I think I believe I probably have a picture. Of so, it. so I have a question for you. Yeah. When, so I noticed I, there's a lot of things that I've been part of, like different schools and. He's baby police and, now. Remember, I am. I got four years in, um, but there's a bunch of different disciplines that I've looked into over my. I've had 24 jobs up until this one. I've had a lot of jobs. Goodness gracious. And yeah, and so I've done a lot of different stuff, and I've noticed that when we learn something, um, and then we start to teach that thing or utilize it to to teach others, kind of indirectly, like you do as a stress coach. Hmm. Because really what you're doing is you're teaching people the skills you have so that they can start to cope like you learn to cope and then they can adopt those skills, right? Right. So did you find when you started being a stress coach that you were able to understand those things better after you were starting to help other people? I, I did, but I think there's a learning curve with that as well because um, it's the old, I don't, isn't there an old saying like physician heal thyself, which is right. bad, right? So um, I think that's, that is a... He just quoted the Bible, by the way. Yes. Continue. Well, Go ahead. Well, I'm not saying I'm not saying I'm ignorant to the, <laughs> the religion or the theology. I was an actually I was an acolyte in the Lutheran Church, right? So it's not like That's I was part of the problem yeah. here. I like um, it. But no, I think I think the the problem with that is is um, just like in in a younger law enforcement because now that I'm a supervisor, I have I call them my ducklings, not my gooselings. Actually, the the wife refers to them as the my ducklings. <laughs> they can be your ducklings. Um, but. It's not the probationary officer that's the problem usually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it wasn't my problem when I was a probationary officer. It was year number two because um, I'd been I'd been a police officer for two whole years. Absolutely. And I knew... Guns um, a-blazing. Absolutely everything yep. about this job. <laughs> that's exactly true. how to do it. Yep. And don't tell me don't anything. Tell, right? And how dare you question me, citizen? I am I'm the law, right? Like check out this badge yeah. and this badge. And that was and that's the that's the worst way to do policing that's ever. So true. Do you think ever. your military background in any way influenced that good or bad? As as a supervisor now, are you seeing the ones that have a military background with that two year mark? Are they more arrogant, less arrogant? It's a mix. I, I can't say it's it's just about, all depends, especially with the, with the military that's coming out now with combat experience or if True. you didn't have combat experience, it doesn't really matter either way, but it's a mix. They're, okay. they're both the same. But the same thing with the stress coaches, you know, if I went through the training and I, and I've been, you know, I've, I've seen, I've seen Susan speak, I mean, probably 137 times. Jeez. So. And loves every minute of absolutely. it. I might add. That cracks me up every single time. Um, <laughs> The stress picture, if there's differences in the picture, I laugh at that one every single every, time. My jokes. Yeah, same jokes. Same Don't jokes. Care. I'm not even faking it like they're funny. Anyways, <laughs> um, I, I did the stress coach thing, and, and I'm like, oh, this is good. I got this. This is great. I can I can handle all of this, and I can do this, and nothing's wrong in my personal life because that's impossible because <laughs> right. I'm a stress coach Absolutely. now. I would recognize all of those things, and I don't need to talk to Susan anymore about my problems because <laughs> I can do it myself. I can look in the mirror and be like, hey, self, and I knew it was me because I was wearing my underwear, right? I'm like, hey, self. <laughs> We got this, <laughs> right? Until, <laughs> until, <laughs> uh, until you don't got this. Yeah, right. Until you look at yourself in in your mirror one day in your house and you realize you don't want to be in your house anymore. Yeah. So I have a different kind of mirror, same idea, but it's called a wife. Right. So you look at it and you tell it all the things you think and believe about yourself, and it goes, "Ha, 
<laughs> Delusional again. Call Susan. Yeah, it's it's really good at just sobering you up. Right. Uh, yeah. You ain't all that. Yeah, I, I get it. I Not get in it. this house. Yeah, yeah, that's what he has now. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because yeah. I was thinking that because like, for instance, like in martial arts, right? So you you work your way up through the belts or whatever, like in a Taekwondo school, right? And then when you get to the top and you become like a black belt you'll you then start to teach in the class right, right? that's your next lesson is you're teaching the younger students mm-hmm. so you move forward that way and that's the final progression is you start teaching in the end so it, it makes sense to me that you you get to a kind of a point where you can understand the tools enough to teach them and that's really when you start to learn a lot more about them so that's why i'm excited to eventually one day get the cert whenever you we're know. hoping to do it in february that's kind of the tentative plan we thought january but we're going to do another stress coach certification so well, you'll get to come be a guinea pig in there well Sweet. i mean we had an election so now uh, people should stop dying from sickness well, it should be fine and, and there'll be no stress and long well you know the key is are y'all gonna be employed for he, me to he did to say stress coach <laughs> he did say there's nothing else he can do so it sounds like we're gonna be opening stuff up so apparently so fingers crossed can't wait i know i'm just waiting it. for my student loans to get paid off <laughs> <laughs> and i'd like a reimbursement <laughs> on what i've already paid <laughs> yeah I, I think my, my ged money is still not coming back to me. I don't think the eighty-five dollars I spent yeah, for no. that. Probably Same. not. Twenty-five years I'd ago. I'd submit it though, but I would submit it. <laughs> right, All they so can do is tell you no. <laughs> but Bert's taught with me some, and yep. we got to get him uh, when training opens back up. Um, getting back, we went to well, he went to Alabama with me. That was a real experience because the equipment wouldn't work, and we were in a gym, and oh my gosh, it was one nightmare after another. But we got our point across, and then. <laughs> You were with me at the, wasn't that the NTOA, National Tactical Officers yeah, Association NTOA, here? And uh, I, don't, I know you went to a NOA. I, I think it. Oh, A and OA too. Yeah. Were you there? I, well, I think I either two NTOAs or one each. I don't remember. I can't remember. And they I've all actually, run together. I've actually um, just left a couple of years ago, or actually not even that long ago, um, uh, the academy where I taught. Mm-hmm. And Susan, we was had fun in there. Gracious with enough new to, recruits. Yeah, teach some new recruits, which I Jeez. really, really wish she would become a regular in there. But yeah, she would too. Yeah, I'm not, not doing it. But so, a lot of politics involved with that. But I snuck her in there three or four times. A few times you can see him in the back of the room looking for an application piece of paper because he figures probably gonna be having to look for a new job. <laughs> I, I, I agree. I think in the academy, that's like. That's where this should be learned because it, it's you start there. I mean, you, you think about like when people learn things, especially brand new people, like the first people you learn something from, like the, you're like these sergeants are all knowing at the academy. Like they know it. They're sergeants of the academy. Exactly. Like, mm-hmm. These guys know everything. <laughs> so they teach you yeah. something good, good, bad, or right. <laughs> Got a little nauseous for a second. I know, right? <sighs> Okay. But they but they teach you something. Right. And, I told you he's a baby. You as blind as you are, you're you're like, oh, they they must know everything. So right. you completely adopt it. You're listening, ears open, taking notes, whatever. And that's something that you're going to be doing for the rest of your career, good, bad, or otherwise. And mm-hmm. you have to break some of those habits because really they don't know any more than any other guy. Correct. You know. So but they fake it really well. But that's their job. They're charismatic. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. So you you adopt that stuff. But it's I I think that you could use that to the advantage if you had somebody teach this kind of, like if you were in there teaching oh we had fun with it he management. gave me credibility because they had they had to he's the worship and adore cop, him right? yeah right? because he, he was over the class and and so but it's taught in a manner i think that they can relate to you know new recruits don't know what they don't know 
that's you know if they were military we did have interesting feedback from our people that had been military that were then in that new recruit class yeah. and great feedback um and but the new ones you can see some of them sitting there like yeah i don't need this because that's not me and we actually had one one time that was the funniest thing his reaction we both just looked at each other like we don't even know where to go with this. Yeah, the one horrible. that asked if, if about being a counselor, and it's like week one. <laughs> he he didn't make it. That was actually my class. Um, I figured he probably wasn't gonna make it. He didn't make for it. very long. No, um, he wasn't cut out for. And it's not that they're bad people. He was very um, black and white and touchy feely. Right, touchy feely I can deal with, but he was very black and white. And yes. that was actually actually something I was told by the uh, by my my um, psychologist when I did the psyche valve to get into the academy was. <laughs> He's like, you're very black and white, and that could be a problem in law enforcement. I didn't understand that at the time. I was like, how is that possible? Like, right. It's it's the law. It's, 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 black it's yes white. or no. Yes or no. Yes. And then I realized that um, there's actually human beings out there involved yeah. with these law-breaking stuff. That's, that's right. Some don't shades really... of gray and exceptions <laughs> to rules. Right. Constantly. And, you know, right. A little bit of stuff, right. not so much. So the quicker you learn that, the better. And I can see where somebody who has the, the yes, no, that's the only answer philosophy could, could struggle. Yeah, but the sad sure. part about today's society that concerns me for law enforcement is we're getting into too many shades of gray. We have our, yes, we have way too many um, things going on in law enforcement we shouldn't be involved with. Yeah, there's too many hands in the pot. Well, but even that, many. but even officers' judgments are being challenged because there are so many shades of gray. Right. And we're expecting y'all to make these decisions in short periods of time with very little information. And either way you make it can go bad. Yes. And that's the scary part and why I was so thankful. My son, as hard as we tried getting him into law enforcement, <laughs> um, went a different route. Because I had more of a fear of him going to prison for doing his job than dying in the line of duty would have been horrible. But it would have been the honorable thing because that's what he wanted to do but it's this this concept of do it you do it bird and it's okay and the next week somebody else does it and yeah. now they go to prison for it yeah right and and we've been pretty fortunate in our location here i agree yep. um we have we have still have some some pretty good credibility with the community yes um we have we we, we dodged a pretty large bullet as well this election cycle here locally oh yeah um, oh yeah man so that would have been that would have been <laughs> tough for me to stay even into my drop because i'm yep. approaching that pretty soon but yeah yeah I agree. I, i'm still having a little heartburn over what color we are right now but um nationally um on that blue red scale yeah uh, but you know, first time, hey, I'm almost 62. We it's all got to do it illusion. at some point. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but, you know, talking about that event, one of the things that I did find about your squad, that having trained all over the country, Canada and Europe, um, it, was a, it was a very unique squad in the closeness. You don't find that in law enforcement. Maybe you did in the 70s. I don't know, because I was still in high school. But... Um, <laughs> But that was one of the things I think that drew me to that squad was seeing how close they all were. And the impact of this death was just tremendous. But to see them come together to heal from it um, right. was pretty amazing. Yeah, I've never, 
I, I think in the military it comes close yes. to being the same type of environment. The military definitely has a, a tighter bond with people that serve together peacetime, wartime, doesn't matter. Because sure. there's, I mean, as an example, there's literally a guy that I haven't seen in in 25 years who's I was in the Army with, and he's coming in June, and we're probably going to hook up and have a beer, and it's going to be like, like you never picked up yesterday. Yeah. Yep. But this squad was was very similar to that, this this. Um, this police squad I was on, and, and it was it was unusual. Um, all of us, and it was a different type of unit. It wasn't a patrol unit, so that that was part of it. But mm-hmm. it, it's also the the closeness factor. The families were all together. Yes. The I yeah. mean, we all went, all, us and the spouses all went on a cruise together at one point, um, and this was before the event, so it wasn't wasn't like that's what created it. But yeah, it was it was interesting. It was definitely a um, interesting squad, and I think. The way that because we had to do rebids and everything, the squad broke up instantaneously, and I actually thought that was the best way to do it because without it was hard picking and choosing like mm-hmm. uh, one leaves, two leaves, and then bringing in somebody else. I mean, one person did come in as a replacement, and he did a great job of of adapting to that environment, which had been rough. But I think had we brought in ones and twos, and they left in ones and twos, it would have been rough. But yeah, but it was hard to even see y'all split up. And wind up in different places doing different things because I just felt like y'all needed to be together. And I'm not sure that timing was exactly right, but you know that's the thing with this stuff. It's all a learning curve. Yeah, it can it can be kind of tough when you're that tight with a squad. I've had a couple that were that were that way. Like, and I'm from a smaller department, so it you you know everybody more. You know, it, right? So it it I think it can be easier to do that, although. Uh, I feel like the squads I've been on have been particularly tight, but I'm also extremely social. So I kind of, I kind of draw everybody together, but it's, uh, without giving up too much detail, just like what, what were the, what were the circumstances of this officer's death? Was it a shooting? Yeah, it was, uh, it was an ambush situation mm-hmm. on a, um, of a person in a car. It was a burglary call. Um, right. So the the ultimate decision was made to block this car in where they thought was unoccupied so that he couldn't get into the car and leave. Right. Um, there was some surveillance set up on it for quite a while. Yeah. Um, no evidence of anybody in the car. And when the uh, two officers went up to block the car in, one was shot and killed. Yeah. This is the one we do the run for up in North Phoenix, right? Every year? Don't we do a run for Mm-mm. that? Mm-mm. Because no. I, I remember when I was in the academy, we went and did a run towards the end of the academy. Well, you... Now, you... This... When did you finish the academy, though? What year? It would have been three and a half years ago. Yeah, no, this has been this longer is, than that. Yeah. 16. This yeah, well, they, they do it every year. Mm-mm. And Oh, okay. Because when they did the... I, I the that one was big. What do they call it? The end of watch, the radio transmission? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. It sounds similar. But anyway. Hmm. the uh, There's one... If it's up north, there was a deputy that was killed up there. Maybe that was it. Maybe that was it. That was oh, because we were with the... MCSO Academy. So that's what it was. That's, that's probably what it, that's Which, what And that's it why it sounds familiar, too, because uh, it was somebody in a car that they didn't know was in the car, mm-hmm. was sleeping, and the deputy... I don't think I knew about yeah, this Yeah, the deputy one. rolled up in to check it out and was ambushed by the person in the car. Yeah. Well, like, that's exactly why it sounds... Superiorly uh, unfortunate. Yeah. It's just terrible yeah. turn of events. Yeah, sounds similar. That sucks. And so when... Not to, like, compare stories, but I, I, I understand a little bit, maybe just a different perspective of we were... It was our first day on a squad, and we lost a guy um, to a, a traffic incident on the freeway. Um, and everybody, the, it was that sergeant's first day as a sergeant. 
Wow. Rough, right? Yeah. yeah. And then that squad, we were uh, like half the squad was like off FTO, like super fresh, right? It was crappy for a lot of people, right? Um, and I was I was relatively tight with the officer. We used to we talked a lot of trash to each other. It was like for fun. We because he loved to argue. So we I mean you know me. Oh gosh. So we just we would argue about the most ridiculous things. I mean I remember we when it was like the second day that I was solo with this guy when we were arguing about like the benefits of Wi-Fi versus wired. Like we'd argue about anything. <laughs> And we're in the briefing room and we're arguing about this because I, I used to be a low voltage tech. So we're, we're arguing about crap. And this lieutenant walks into the room and he goes, what do you think, LT? And she says something, it, it, whatever. And I was like, uh, I'll, I'll do respect, ma'am. I don't think you know about this topic. Like, And she was like, excuse me? And I was like, God oh, damn it, dude, you trapped me. Like, I can't win now. Like, oh, no, I'm sorry. You're right. I'm wrong. And then he's sitting over there laughing at me. I was like, God, oh, dude, the, the season guy wins. So he was a riot, but it it, it hit guys differently because some of these guys went to the academy with him and whatever. And that squad, as new as some of these guys were, and the sergeant, that was the tightest squad I was ever on. It's like, it because you were talking about when 9-11 happened. Right. And uh, when we had Rich Mack on, mm -hmm. I was talking to him about it because he was there for all of that and how it brought everybody together. Like, I mean, I remember I was in... I was in middle school. Hey, I remember. Hey, tread light. Like, no, no. Yeah, well, good gosh. Uh, well, we're not fooling anybody. We know oh, you're half fossil. <laughs> so <laughs> he says that lovingly. Yeah. 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 I'm, I think I'm with all no, due respect. Yeah, I'm. I'm still within reach of that stick. Yeah. So yeah. Be careful. I'm gonna be careful. But like it, it tragedy has a way of bringing people together over a common suffering. So I, th I think that when we're reminded of that. In law enforcement, it sucks to be reminded, especially when we know the person. Yeah. But here's my question. As a sergeant now, looking back, what did you learn from that whole event that you can bring forward now as a supervisor? Oh, my gosh. I mean, that's we, we got another, <clears throat> excuse me, we got another three hours to go. Because, I mean, I, <laughs> sure, could, go ahead. I could absolutely. Um, so that, that event changed my trajectory in so many different ways right some really good some not so good some that just didn't affect me um but look at it first from the perspective of family side of this thing as in my family well not even i mean law enforcement families law enforcement family. okay. because even even with the officer that was killed there were a lot of things that kind of pointed out some deficits in information and stuff like that, even with regards to the officer's family, that the department should have yeah, had better intel. Right. So um, just on the information side, because this whole story is, it's got a bunch of different ways we could take it. But on the information side, um, I wasn't at the event. Um, it's actually scheduled to go to training. Um, and that goes off to another trajectory because that was supposed to be me and my partner in that car mm -hmm. at the time. Jeez. So um, that's a whole whole other side of that we can definitely talk about. Which is Another one of those but, coincidences that um, he doesn't like to talk yeah. about. Anyway. But uh, so and it's an information technology day, right? So it's yeah. it's out there immediately. Um, very first thing I thought was we have to get to his wife. And, and again, because we were all fairly close, uh, I knew exactly. I'd been to his house numerous times. Um, yeah, he wore a really cute onesie pajama one time. 
that if someone would like that picture, please email me and I'll be more than happy oh to goodness. forward it to you because it's pretty cute with the feet in it and the back flap and it's blue. It's really attractive. It's got penguins on it. I'm yes, sending it does. that email now and it's going to be the thumbnail for this podcast. <laughs> it, has, it has penguins on it. I'm holding a stuffed animal and a toy gun. I was recreating a picture from yes. when I was two. Anyways. Yes. Um, but, but we knew we knew that the word was going to get out fast. Yeah. And then, much like I'm sure every officer does, as soon as any kind of event, as soon as you hear it on the radio, as soon as you hear tones, you're picking your phone up and you're texting family like, hey, I'm okay, not me. Um, so when you don't get that text, it immediately sends up hackles too. Um, there was, I knew where his wife worked. I thought I did. So we were very far away from where they lived. And we drove definitely within the parameters of departmental guidelines in order to get there. That's one way to put it. Definitely. Um, Treading went to the house first. She wasn't there. Um, we tried to go to the school where I thought she was teaching. Um, she had left months prior to that to some other school, which was even further away. By now, she's reaching out to all of our spouses as well because... We told our spouses and we told them who it was and we didn't have any information and, you know, we just knew he was going to the hospital. So all of this finally um, culminates in um, she hears it by by calling the precinct. Oh, no. And there was a desk aide that was working and she's like, hey, I'm so-and-so. My husband is so-and-so. Um, was he the one that was shot? And the desk aide said, yeah, I think so. Hold on a second. And put her on hold. God, Lord. So I don't blame the desk aide necessarily. Right. It's, it, just, it's, it is what it is. But yeah, it, it's it, unfortunate. There was no malice there. It was, you know, there's, if there's one thing that, that, that maybe it's weird, there's never been, I've never been angry at, at any of this. And I know that's the stages and all of that, but I've never been angry at, um, at the, at the shooter because he doesn't, he's not going to court. Right. Right. So I've never been angry at, at the desk gate. I've never been angry at the doctors. I've never been, there's never been an anger stage. So, but, but that definitely led to, um, now, um, I have all my guys' phone numbers. I do know who on their, um, like their significant others, if they don't have significant others, it's definitely a thought process now because it was not, it was not handled well. Um, but it's, it's tough to do that nowadays. It, even if, even it's with hard. all of the information at our fingertips, it's, it's very difficult to get to the person in time. And that's, that's part of the problems I have with, with the social media and the, and the spouses groups that still happening. I told Aaron recently, who's just become my wife a month and a half ago. Thanks to me. Yeah, well, uh, putting Susan, that together Susan and actually married uniting us. those two. Right. That's yeah. right. In spite of me trying to talk her out of it. She but anyway, did. Yeah. Um, even Lord. standing up front, <laughs> I gave her every option out. <laughs> she did. She asked, she actually put, she made me say obey in the vows. I right? did. Not the other way around. No, 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 no. That's a yeah. one sided thing. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, so the, all of that stuff, all those, all those groups are fantastic for what they are. Mostly. But it's when they put out information too quickly um, mm -hmm. that, that gets us in trouble. Yeah, for sure. But you know, one thing, and I've preached this a million times, and only a few agencies have actually ever taken me up on it. But again, this was something DEA did, was they sent the form home for me to fill out. First, it made me feel like somebody cared. Not that they necessarily did, but um, made me feel part of the team. Right. Plus, I know who I'm most comfortable 
bringing me that information. And then I don't have to panic every time an unmarked car rolls up or a marked unit rolls up. And that person knew they were my contacts. I don't just show up at my door for coffee. And the thing about it is, if I'm brought into the fold on this, I'm going to make sure that that stuff is kept up to date. Right. Because I, you know, if they ask me, then you bet I'm going to continue to make sure you get my correct information. Right. Where I am, yeah. where I'm working, phone numbers updated, whatever, where the officers won't tend to think of those things as much as the spouses do. And they don't because my, my friend actually did not update his parents' yeah. uh, address. And uh, while I'm driving to get his wife, um, his parents live fairly close by, and uh, I got a call from a another from a supervisor i was just an officer at the time and and she was like i'm going to get his parents right now and they live at this address and i'm like no that's in north phoenix like that's not where they live what well, says so on their address and I'm, I'm like i'm telling you that's that's not where they live well, i don't know what i'm gonna send somebody okay well I, i'm gonna go get his parents you're not allowed to go get his parents or talk to his parents i'm like well i'm gonna go get them well i'm sending an officer. that's fine are. that's fine you send them right to that address that's listed on the paper yeah. i've been to this guy's house that's how cool. i've been to my squad mate's uh parents house because <laughs> we had fantasy football there one time, right? Yep. And it was my partner's or my, my friend's, uh, it was his old house that he was renting to him. So all of that stuff is crucially important, but it, it's it's so tough. Even with all that information these days, it's mm-hmm. not being, you're getting the news from either lack of information. Yep. The, the lack of the text yeah, or call or something. But as a supervisor, are you going to make sure if any of your guys get into something oh, yeah. that they one of the first things is they are given a phone if they don't have theirs on them to contact family themselves. Yeah, that's so crucial. It, it they they have it they don't need to hear it from the sergeant. No. Because they're gonna go, sure. Yeah, you're full of crap. Right. 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 Yeah. Because um, that was when we had that officer on uh who talked about his critical incident when he got in that shooting. Yes. He that was like the first thing he did is he called his girlfriend and was like, Hey, sorry, I gotta dump a little bit on you. Uh I was just in a shooting. I'm okay, but I need you to contact all my family and do it. So like he was delegating. Right. And that was very successful. Obviously he wasn't shot at the guy had knives, but well, um, and the cool thing, like I think I've talked about in other shows is when Maricopa County Sheriff's department, their union calls me out on all their shootings. And one of the first things I ask the officers always is, have you contacted your significant other, your family? And one of them, one um, um, was like, I have, but she's a little upset. Well, you think? Yeah, I'm sure she is. So yeah. let's get her on the phone. Yeah, they don't like those phone calls. Yeah, so I get her yeah. on the phone and I'm like, okay, here's who I am. I'm standing here. I'm looking at him. Eyes on him. He's good. And if I think there's something that happens that you need to be out here, I will come pick you up myself. And she has told me several times what that meant. Yeah. And she knew I would. And that was just me on the other end of a phone. Um, because sometimes there's always that doubt that they're not going to tell me till I get to the hospital or yep. whatever. Yep. Which, which is a, it is a thing. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah. And we all know it. Right. And so again, to me, the more you can involve families. And again, this starts with, I've beaten this horse many a time with training families about procedures, protocols, what to look for, what can happen what they can do, who they can call, all of that stuff is so important. Yeah. yeah, And it goes back to your core belief system and your training. So this is a lifestyle. It's not, yes. it's not a career. 
right? Um, not just a career. It's a, it's a lifestyle, and unfortunately, that means that your family has to be on board with it, and you have to be okay with your family being on board with it. Yes, that's a huge right. component of it as well. And that's so that I think that's the most successful way to move forward in this career. I've adopted that as the idea because I've seen people like you know like you or other officers we've had sit on that couch and talk to that have done the same thing and when they've been through certain incidents like that they were prepared properly right uh, like you said like you haven't been angry at yeah. like any of those people so i think that has a lot to do with just kind of having an understanding that crap's gonna go wrong dude like mistakes are gonna be made and it's not out of malice right i mean maybe the dude shooting the bullets was out of malice but he got his and it's like multiple when we're on yeah head. but like when when these things happen, like departments, your supervisor, whatever, when they make mistakes, it's because they just weren't prepared properly. And look, you could you can be mad all you want. It doesn't change a damn thing. <laughs> right. It doesn't change a damn thing. Yeah. So it's it's better to just understand that, like, especially because like you'll, you'll I'm sure you can recognize this. The smaller circle that were super tight with him, they're going to be the most affected and they're going to have learned the most from this. For sure. And then as that ripples out, that ripple gets weaker and weaker. Right. Like commanders that didn't really have much to do with it it didn't really change their day-to-day -day operations it doesn't change what they do right right for the most part for the right most part. I'm not saying they don't care it of just course it, not, it right. literally just affects them less correct because it wasn't as personal like you said right. you'd never had it happen to you that close right so like it's kind of like that saying like hard times make strong men strong men make good times good times make weak men just when when adversity hits you directly you learn from it better and you're going to be more prepared for it next time and there are some people that prepare ahead of time for that because they had wise parents or wise friends or they're just wise, whatever. But usually you just got to get kicked in the nuts <laughs> over so, and over sometimes. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, some people are slow learners. I can't imagine who you're yeah. talking about. But yeah. so, so the thing though is, is just like when, when that stuff happens, I completely agree with the philosophy of just like, look, man, don't just be mad at it. That doesn't help you. Right. Because you, you don't know what they, they haven't learned this crap yet. Obviously, if this isn't something that they've been prepared for. It's, I, I held on to a lot of anger for departments, jobs, whatever, for different things because I was like, they should have done this. They should have done that. There's a reason they didn't do those things. <laughs> they didn't learn those lessons. They didn't. They, they weren't prepared for those things to come their way, and they just kind of fumbled through it the best they could, and if it was shitty or not, whatever. It, it wasn't but I right. would argue with you because I do remember a time you were angry <clears throat> and you called me about it. And it, I, I, not anger in you're ready to put a fist through the wall, but an angry in that I don't think this should be happening and I'm, I have a problem with it. And I'm not going to say it on He's the thinking. air. Yeah, I'm thinking. I'm trying to think about it. I'm not going to say it on the air. We'll talk about it afterwards. Yeah, but we will talk about it afterwards. But yeah. I remember the guilt thing being huge. That was, was a huge thing for me. That's probably the biggest hurdle over mm -hmm. all of this. I mean, the grief was obviously there too. The grief was a huge thing to get over, but... Like the, um, the survivor's guilt kind of thing? Like you weren't there with him? Yeah. Well, all of it, right? So it was, um, you know, I've I've considered myself to be a bit of a tackleberry kind of mm -hmm. kind of tactical guy. And I relate. This was a, this was a um, JV kind of tactical unit that we were part of. Right. I mean, it wasn't the super cool kids, but we did some, <laughs> some, some cool kid stuff, right? Right. <clears throat> we just didn't talk with our hands like this. <laughs> And everybody that's listening, you know exactly what I'm doing with my arms right now, right? Because yeah. if you're a cool kid, you talk like this. I have to know because he's he's making fun of me directly. Yes, I am. Like um, actually, went I went to SWAT school with a bunch of your guys, so um, in one of the agencies that we just talked about. Mm -hmm. Anyways, um, so the guilt thing was was big. So me and my partner um, were supposed to be there. We had uh, rifle training that day. 
so they were calling for help references incident and i remember it clearly um we were supposed to be the marked unit and um, my friend and his partner ended up getting getting into it because i threw him the keys i threw him the keys and i'm like i'm laughing at him I'm like here you go today. buddy have fun out there it's <laughs> Very hot. It was it was summertime. It was hot. Yep. This was a going to be a long deal. We knew so uncomfortable. I'm like I'm driving up there to go do some rifle training. You and play. You're gonna have to take our car. <laughs> Don't mess it up. Get it washed and you're done. Right. That kind of thing. <laughs> um, so there was some guilt over that, knowing that that was the very position that I was supposed to be in. Um, I maybe I could have done it better. Maybe right. things wouldn't have happened if I would have been there. And then. Um, ultimately like is he dead because i wasn't there right so all of that the guilt that was was huge and i was having a really hard time with it and then uh, my best friend in the world um who lives literally a stone's throw from here um known him since i was eight years old um I, he claims he was in the military, but he was in, he was in the Air Force, so it didn't work out. But he <laughs> and he was, he was, in, he was an uh, electrician in the Air Force. So you know what I mean? Like, it wasn't anything super crazy, but he does have some military stuff. He understands that. But he's he's helped me through countless things like this that he doesn't even realize. And and I was boohooing one day pretty good, and there might have been some adult beverages involved. And, no, that would never happen. Because that would never happen, right? No. Um, and, and I was telling him about this guilt that I was feeling, and he's like, you know, Bird, you, you talk about all this um, honor and, and, and the profession and, and <laughs> the sacrifice of giving one's life in, in, in this profession or in the military. And he's like, do you really believe that stuff? And I'm like, well, yeah, of course. And then I have kind of a... a um, Epiphany. Yeah. Yeah, because it goes along with my belief system. I, I do believe that, that warriors, are, are when they fall in battle, they do go to a special place whatever that place might be, right? <laughs> so he asked me, he's like, do you think that, that your friend actually died in battle and is, is in a spot where you think he should be? And I'm like, well, of course. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, don't all of you want to, at some point, if, if you have to give your life just like that, wouldn't wouldn't that be an honor? Right. And I was like, yes. And Susan actually mentioned it earlier in the podcast with her son. Like, she, Some of my sound flippant when she was talking about my son could have been killed in the line of duty, and that is what it is. And that's not flippant. It's the honor factor involved with that. So I'm like, yeah, of course that's an honor. And he's like, so how dare you feel guilty and take away that honor from him? How dare you? And I was like, right? From that moment on, like I'm getting... Well, we had a conversation. Do you remember what I told you about the guilt? Was on, was on the on the phone on the freeway, I, I believe. I don't remember if we were on the phone. The percentage, mm-hmm. yeah. So that's a great tool. Also, that was the other epiphany portion of it was, um, if you're feeling guilty, um, or you you think the blame should be somewhere else, right? Because because mm-hmm. that's what the guilt's partially about. Then what percentage are you going to take off of the the shithead that was actually involved with this? Right, right, right. I mean, I didn't say shithead. I don't know. Oh yeah, that's fine. Okay, um, or piece of shit. Either one, whichever <laughs> way you want to call it. Sure. What what percentage do you want to take off? If he's if he starts off at one hundred percent responsible, what portion do you want to take? Because you weren't there. Ten, fifteen. Right. Like, what do you think? That's I'm like, exactly how I say it. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> oh, I know, I can picture your face. Oh, right, right. Yeah. I'm like, hell no, I didn't do anything. Right, it wasn't my fault. Yeah. She's like, yeah, exactly, you dummy. There right. <laughs> That's where we're gonna call it for part one of episode twenty three of Fight in Progress. Next week we'll jump in with part two of the same conversation. We hope you guys will join us. It was really good. Can't wait to see you.